Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how wildlife crossings work with help from Beth Pratt, leader of the Save LA Cougars campaign. You'll also learn about how doing one creative thing every day can boost your happiness. Let's satisfy some curiosity. The Save LA Cougars campaign is working on saving animals from extinction by building the largest wildlife crossing in the world. And the Liberty Canyon Wildlife Crossing could help do a lot more than just save some mountain lions. Today with The Scoop is Beth Pratt, the California Regional Executive Director for the National Wildlife Federation and leader of the Save LA Cougars campaign. Yesterday, Beth told us the story of P-22, the mountain lion that's pretty much the poster boy of this whole project. Highways and urban development have created these sort of genetic islands that make it hard for wildlife like P-22 to procreate with non-family members and prosper. And the thing is, when you cut off an ecosystem with a huge highway like the 101 in Los Angeles, you can end up risking a lot of genetic collapse. We're talking frogs, lizards, birds, and even plants. That's why this wildlife crossing is so great. It's reconnecting an entire ecosystem. Which leads us to a pretty obvious question. What does a wildlife crossing look like? Everyone's situational, right? So, um, you know, what you need to start with is A, what is the landscape you're trying to work in? And two, what are the species you want to get across the road, right? Because what these are, they are not just overpasses or underpasses. Some of them are under, some of them are tunnels. But um, these are, how do you get wildlife across the road you know, structures, whatever you're doing. And that's very different than just building a bridge for cars. So you really have to look at what are the species? What are you trying to do here? For some that we visited, you know, or, or that I've studied, you know, they just really need to get deer across the road, right? That's, you know, they're not, they don't need to reconnect an ecosystem. They just need to get deer or crabs or frogs or turtles, right? So some of these are very specific, small structures um, to just get, a specific species across the road. The one we're working on is, again, when we looked at the project need, mountain lions, yes, we need to get mountain lions across. But what quickly became apparent as we started looking at solutions is if we're going to do this, the whole Santa Monica Mountains ecosystem needs to be reconnected for all wildlife. And for that, the science is clear. It's an over, it's a vegetated overpass. Tunnels, uh, and under crossing, not everything will use. Um, deer especially will not go in dark areas uh, for the most part. An overpass, almost every wildlife will use. We did look at a tunnel, though, actually uh, early on, and it actually was going to be more expensive, right? Because when you're trying to put a tunnel over a two-lane road, you can kind of drill or dig. Ten lanes and an access road, which is what we're talking about here, they'd have to do what they call a cut and cover. They'd actually have to cut open the 101 lower a mold in and, and repave. Now, we have almost unprecedented support for this project, but if I shut down an L.A. freeway, uh, the mountain lions could die out, is what L.A. would say, uh, especially one yeah. with, with 400,000 cars a day. Uh, it was actually going to be more expensive, and again, it wouldn't serve all species. So an overpass is what 
will serve all species. And then, like, you know, when you start getting into the weeds on this, some of these are done a little differently than just bridges. A, they have to carry more of a load uh, because a uh, bridge for cars is just cars driving across. But if you're going to put trees and plants on a vegetated overpass, you need a soil load, which is actually heavier than cars. So, you know, the structures are a little different in that respect. But the, the top is what gets fascinating. And at our design meeting last week, this is where it was really getting cool. Like, okay, we know what a mountain lion needs to get across, right? And um, But, you know, frogs are going to be living on this. What do we need on the top for frogs and birds? And, you know, it, it you start getting into the weeds. Or for this project, we need soundscaping. You know, 400,000 cars a day, the animals have to feel safe on the crossing. So we need to look at sound and light. You know, how do you block the headlights from hitting uh, these animals when they're crossing? So, again, they don't think they're on the road. So uh, there's a lot of dynamics that go on to this that make it very different than just putting a bridge up. And uh, and they're also beautiful. If you look at photos of these, they are, again, you're extending the green landscape over a freeway. And, and they're, they're beautiful structures. So how do you, I mean... How do you get wildlife to use these? It, it kind of sounds like getting a uh, an animal to use like a highway overpass or something. It's like they don't have GPS. How are they going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we put a sign up and say, you know, crossing this way. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a... Uh... Every wildlife crossing is situational, and some crossings like the ones in Banff or others, the wildlife can sometimes take years to find it. But once they do, word gets out. Uh, on the other hand, there's some crossings that the wild, like I visited one on I-9 in Colorado, the deer were using it two days later, right? So it really depends on where you're putting it in the situation. But, you know, the Banff crossings now, I think they've had over 200,000 successful crossings uh, in 17 years. It's amazing. But you do things to lead the wildlife there. Um, fencing, vegetation, you know, sort of, uh, you know, putting in vegetation to sort of lead them there too. Um, so there's things you do to sort of naturally lead them. But the wildlife themselves are smart. They find these things because they do not want to cross these roads. They don't. I mean, I've, I have actually stood in the 101 at 2 a.m. and I wouldn't go across. Um, but what's going to be interesting about our crossing which makes it different than the others. A, this is the first that's ever been attempted in such an urbanized area. If you look at these other crossings, they're in the middle of nowhere. So there's lots of places the wildlife can cross. So it does take sometimes, not all the time, but a little bit for the wildlife to find it. And then, you know, sort of the word gets out in the animal world, which it does. This one, though, the wildlife are already trying to cross here because the green space winnows down to nothing. The National Park Service, who studies the mountain lions and other wildlife, they have over 100,000 GPS points since their study began. And we already know they're trying to cross here. We had a P-64, a mountain lion, who was using a culvert, you know, which I, God, I couldn't have done it, um, right at Liberty Canyon. So they're already trying. So this, for this one, I predict that thing goes up. We're going to get wildlife right away. For others, it does take some time. It takes some actual, you know, bioengineering, for lack of a better word, or, you know, to sort of make them comfortable. But they use it. Uh, these are very successful. They really do work. Again, Beth Pratt is the California Regional Executive Director for the National Wildlife Federation and leader of the Save LA Cougars campaign. The Liberty Canyon Wildlife Crossing is in its final design and engineering stages, and you can learn more about its progress at SaveLACougars.org. You can find a link to that and lots more from Beth in today's show notes. It's hard enough to finish your to-do list every day, much less find time to express yourself artistically. 
But according to research, finding that time is worth the effort. Doing one creative thing every day may increase your overall happiness. So what if you don't consider yourself to be a creative person? Does that mean you're doomed to an unhappy life? Well, slow your roll for a second. The definition of creativity is much broader than you might imagine. A 2016 study published in the Journal of Positive Psychology defined creativity as coming up with a novel or original idea, expressing oneself in an original or useful way, or spending time doing artistic activities. That can apply to a lot of things. The most common examples reported in this study were songwriting, creative writing, knitting and crochet, making new recipes, painting, drawing and sketching, graphic and digital design, and musical performance. But I've seen some people do really creative things with a spreadsheet. Creativity is more of a mindset than an activity, if you think about it. And according to this study, engaging in just one creative activity each day can increase your overall well-being, making you more likely to feel energetic, enthusiastic, and excited. Study participants who engaged in these activities didn't just feel better in the moment, they felt better the next day, too. Ultimately, the researchers found that being creative launches a kind of upward spiral. Being creative makes you feel good, which makes you more creative, which makes you feel even better. So now we know why karaoke, BYOB painting classes, and adult coloring books are so popular. But you don't even need to spend money to get your creative juices flowing. Snap a beautiful photograph, sew a pillow, sing along with the radio, cook without a recipe, or try something different with your hair. Have fun with it. It'll make you happier. All right, well, let's recap the main things we learned today. So we learned that every wildlife crossing is unique, but the Liberty Canyon Wildlife Crossing will be this gigantic overpass with sound and light protection and a bunch of trees. It's a really massive engineering feat. I cannot wait to see it when it's finished. It sounds like something out of a fairy tale, like a forest bridge or something in like a fairyland, except over a 20 lane highway. Yeah, I mean, have you you should Google wildlife crossings right now because there are a bunch in the world and they all pretty much look like what you just described. It's incredible. And it's super cool that animals typically figure out how to use them all on their own because it turns out wildlife also talk to each other. So that's kind of neat. I was so glad that she answered that question because that is the number one thing that I wondered. Like, how do you you can't have traffic lights? Like, what do you do? Yeah. And can I also say that I really like this story just because of how nice and positive and collaborative it is. Like this is a big public private partnership with lots of organizations and everyone is super chill about it. Like everyone's really into it. There's no bad guy here. And uh, let me just suggest today and yesterday's podcast as an alternative. If you or anybody you know out there were thinking about watching, I don't know, maybe a miniseries about tigers that um, just wasn't quite as positive and peppy and bright just send them over to this podcast and we also learned that doing one creative thing each day may increase your overall happiness which is maybe some silver lining of people that are stuck without many of their favorite hobbies like sports and concerts and things like that or they're stuck at home i mean boredness breeds creativity this is the thing we all know and some of us are probably getting kind of bored right about now so who knows what'll happen that's right i mean my wife and i finally organized our scrapbook materials. So we're going to start to put together a scrapbook for a relationship. Yeah, she's been playing the ukulele a bunch, which is super amazing. She hadn't picked it up in a while. And like, that's a thing. I've been doing extra podcasts on the side. (laughs) Nice. I recorded a remote 
music video where they're going to put everybody's track in together so that it sounds like one band. And that'll come out soon. But And I've also just been cooking up a storm. I've been following so many different recipes and making things that I've never made before. And I'm actually having a really good time with it. Nice. Today's last story was written by Rachel Bertie Levine and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Oh,